0: Welcome to UNews, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Monday, July 20th. I'm Andrea Linares. These are today's headlines. Another dire weekend here in the United States as the country reports an average of 70,000 coronavirus cases per day. Some states registering a record number of deaths from COVID-19. And as the coronavirus crisis continues to batter the economy, time is running out for millions of Americans who could soon be without much needed federal help. And there is growing uproar today in Portland, Oregon, state and local leaders condemning the involvement and tactics of federal agents who have allegedly been targeting protesters there. This and much more today on U News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. More than 140,000 people here in the United States have now died from the coronavirus. The outbreak still sweeping across the nation as more than 30 states continue to see a rise in cases. Many of America's hotspots remain overwhelmed with ICU beds at or near capacity and testing lines backed up. Lorraine Caceres has the latest on the pandemic.
1: The U.S. reporting again more than 70,000 new COVID-19 cases Saturday for the second day in a row.
2: There is no question that we're having a surge right now. We are approaching this with extreme seriousness. Um, we have CDC teams in every single state. We visited 19 sites with surge teams. We're having surge testing. We're sending medical professionals. So it really is all hands on deck. This is serious.
1: Georgia and North Carolina breaking single day records in positive cases Saturday. Arizona, meanwhile, reporting its highest death count. In California, both hospitalizations and the positivity rate continue to trend upward. The seven day average number of new cases surpassing 9000 with health officials in Los Angeles reporting the highest number of hospitalizations in a day. Mayor Eric Garcetti warning of another possible stay at home order, admitting they probably opened too soon.
3: I think we're on the brink
1: of
4: that. We have to be as vigilant right now as we were the first day.
1: In Florida, the current epicenter in the US, only 20% of ICU beds are available statewide. More than 9,000 people currently hospitalized due to COVID-19. The state reporting on Sunday one of its highest daily totals 12,400 new cases. In Miami, the mayor pleading with Governor Ron DeSantis and the president to order a wider mask mandate.
4: Uh, there is a segment of our population, of our city, that will only listen to them. Um, And I think uh, it's important that they lead in moments like this.
1: Meanwhile, a testing crisis all over the country. Labs and public health departments are warning that turnaround times for diagnostic testing has slowed. Some states like Arizona reporting three-week result delays.
2: Now, the big commercial labs of which Quest is one of them, we follow those turnarounds every day. Um, And as of yesterday, over the last seven days, one uh, state was at five days average. Seven states were between four and uh, four and five days. 18 states were between two and three days. And the rest were between three and four days. That is not optimum. We want to reduce that. It will be reduced. Even Quest, you talked about, uh, received their emergency use authorization for pooling um, on Friday. Uh, that means they can put several samples into one. So that's one approach and we're also really surging point of care testing as we announced. Every single nursing home will get point of care tests that will support the protection of our vulnerable but also ease the burden on the major labs like Quest and LabCorp.
1: Admiral Giral also saying that retesting is unnecessary and a waste of resources on people that haven't showed symptoms for three days or more. Of course, there are exceptions to that rule with people that are, for example, hospitalized. Meanwhile, Oxford University, a vaccine developed by them showing very promising results with antibodies lasting more than two months with no negative side effects. Back to you, Andrea.
0: Thank you, Lorraine, for that report. And now let's go to Dr. Rishina Bissett. She's an emergency room physician in Houston, Texas. Dr. Bissett, nationwide cases as well as death toll and hospitalizations are rising, with Texas one of the most impacted. What are you seeing at your hospital? And by the way, welcome to You News.
5: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, That is definitely correct. We are feeling the brunt of it here in Texas. Um, Early on in the pandemic, we saw a huge surge of cases, um, significant numbers of daily deaths in the Northeast, and Texas was not as significantly affected. But we are now starting to see what some are calling that second wave. Um, Texas began to reopen on May 8th, We saw a spike in cases around the beginning of June, and that spike has continued to increase. We actually had um, last week our deadliest day in Texas with the number of deaths topping uh, 100. Um, So cases are definitely starting to increase, and patients are actually getting a little bit sicker from what I'm seeing in the emergency department.
0: Many people wonder, does your hospital currently have the capacity to treat the surge in patients that you're starting to see?
5: We are making do the best that we are able. Um, We've actually increased our ICU capacity quite a bit So we're getting some help from our critical care colleagues, from our anesthesia and surgery colleagues to try to take care of these patients. Because what's happening is that patients are getting sicker and they're needing to be hospitalized. We don't have a significant increase in hospital beds, but we have patients that are continually coming into the emergency department. So it creates almost a one-way valve and, and kind of a balloon effect in the number of patients that end up boarding in the emergency departments.
0: Definitely very concerning news there. Now, regional hospitals in the southern portion of the state are at capacity and many critically ill patients are traveling hundreds of miles to get to the nearest hospital. Are these patients arriving at your hospital? Is that what you're seeing?
5: Um, We are seeing patients actually coming from very, very far away to seek care. But what we're also having to do is we're having to transfer patients very far away in order to get them hospital beds, because the hospital beds in the Texas Medical Center are essentially full. Um, Things are getting a little bit better currently, because we have had some help um, from the government and the military. They came down and opened a hospital that um, we can use to offload some of our patients who are being admitted for COVID, but previous to this week, we had patients who were boarding in the emergency department. Um, One of the most extreme cases a couple weeks ago, we had a patient that was waiting 86 hours for an ICU bed just waiting in the emergency department.
0: Wow, that's just terrible. And I'm sure it's also very frustrating for the family members that perhaps are... away or many miles away from their loved ones that are at these hospitals now over the weekend president trump dismissed the idea that young people are getting sick on a fox news interview he said young people get quote the sniffles what's your reaction to
5: that That's absolutely false, absolutely. There are some young people who are fortunate to have mild symptoms and they're fortunate to only be ill for a short period of time. However, we are seeing a significant number of cases where there are very young patients who have no past medical history, no medical problems, and they are coming in very, very floridly sick from this disease and having to be admitted to the hospital, having to go to the ICU, having to be intubated, and some of them are ultimately succumbing to their illness.
0: A new study out of South Korea found that children between 10 and 19 years old can spread the virus as much as an adult. What are the implications as we try to reopen schools in the fall?
5: Well, the implications are significant. Um, Prior to the onset of the pandemic, the thoughts were that children could not spread the disease as well as adults because their lungs are smaller, they intake less air, which means they exhale less air. The viral particles are in the air, so that's less virus that they're spreading. Children are also significantly shorter than adults, and viral particles don't rise in the air. They drop. So when the children do spew these things out into the air, adults who are taller than them typically are not coming into contact and able to breathe those things. When we talk about the age range from 10 to 19, we have children who are now forming you know, their adult bodies. Becoming adult heights, but they still have the hygiene practices of younger children. So, you know, maybe not washing their hands as as frequently, or or being as um, uh, cognizant of hygiene practices. Um, so, those two things coupled together make schools and other places where children that age kind of gather ripe breeding grounds for coronavirus. Now, while these children may not be the most impacted in terms of um, how the virus affects their health, they would be the ones to spread it to their adult parents and grandparents and neighbors. And that's where we will see significant um, public health concerns.
0: And that's what's very scary indeed. Thanks so much for your time, Dr. Rashina Bissett, emergency room physician in Houston, Texas. So many things that we're Thank learning on a daily me. basis, but we just can't let our guard down right now. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Cholesterol-lowering drug phenofibrates is providing a glimmer of hope in the fight against coronavirus. A study just found that the drug could reduce symptoms so that COVID-19 is no worse than a common cold. The findings allegedly come from lab tests on human lung tissue infected with SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. The study was conducted by the Hebrew University in Israel and the Mount Sinai Medical Center in New York. And now to Washington, a contentious weekend at the White House as President Trump continues to struggle with his response to the coronavirus pandemic. As Pablo Gato explains, the president seemingly frustrated during an interview with Fox News. Let's
6: watch. Trump wants to block billions of dollars for coronavirus tests in the new stimulus package from Congress. The pandemic is breaking records in the U.S., where many have to wait in long lines to be able to get tested. And getting the results can also take days. Paradoxically, Trump defended the country's testing capacity in an exclusive interview with Fox News Sunday.
4: We are the envy of the world, they call, and they say the most incredible job anybody's done is our job on testing. Because we're going to very shortly be up to 50 million
6: tests. Democrats say that the tests are slow and ineffective.
4: Number one low mortality rate. I hope you show the scenario because it shows what fake
6: news is all about. Trump declared that in the U.S., the mortality rate is the lowest in the world. But Fox News journalist Chris Wallace noted that, in fact, is higher than countries such as Brazil, Russia and five other nations.
4: We will this, take a look. This week, Ready?
6: I, you, you can or check could you it you out. you please
4: get me the mortality rate? Yeah.
6: Trump was upset. But Fox News stated later that even using the statistics the White House mentions, Brazil and Russia have lower mortality rates. Trump also said that Joe Biden wants to abolish and defund the police. But the Fox News reporter pointed out that Biden never said that, which also upset Trump.
4: Oh, really? It says abolish? It says defund. Let's go. All right. Give me the charter, please. All right.
6: Fox News insisted that Biden never said such a thing. The masks were also part of the conversation. Trump said that he would not issue an executive order to force the use of masks in public places nationally.
4: Hey, Dr. Fauci said don't wear a mask. Our Surgeon General, terrific guy, said don't wear a mask. Everybody was saying don't wear a mask. All of a sudden, everybody's
6: gotta wear a mask. But both of them constantly urge people to wear masks. The Surgeon General not only explains how to use them, but also took part in a video to explain that to kids. Trump had also more words for Fauci.
4: But he's a little bit of an alarmist. That's okay. A little bit he's of an alarmist. An al- I'm
6: an alarmist? A little bit of an alarmist. The U.S. has more cases and deaths than any other nation. DACA was also part of the conversation. En primer lugar, vemos que Presidente Trump está muy confundido. But this dreamer says that everything coming from Trump regarding DACA is confusing and that they will only believe what they see. Washington, Pablo Gato, you
0: Congressional members are back this week and next on their agenda is negotiating another large-scale coronavirus relief package. This as the $600 in federal unemployment benefits are set to expire at the end of this week. Edwin Pitti is in Washington, D.C. with the latest details. Edwin.
3: Andrea, this is definitely is going to be one of the toughest agreements to make between the White House and Congress, because despite the fact that giving a lending hand to the American workforce has bipartisan support right now, it is very unclear what it will take for President Trump to sign this agreement. The president, a couple minutes ago, wrapping up this meeting with the Republican leadership in Congress, they say that it, it is very important to have the support of the Democratic Party to be able to pass legislation. Let's take a listen to what President Trump said after the meeting.
4: Uh, Secondarily, but very importantly, we're working and negotiating with the Democrats on trying to get a plan that uh, helps small businesses, helps people, helps this country. And I think we've made a lot of progress on that. And Andrea, the also, discussions right now, we are going. do know
3: the Republicans want to pass a, a package that includes liability protections for businesses, restaurants, and also for schools, but all of that keeping keeping it under a price tag of one trillion dollars. On the other side, Democrats would like to extend unemployment benefits, and that's one of the issues with the White House because they do not agree at all with extending that $600 per week that many unemployed Americans were getting a couple weeks ago. According to the White House, if people keep on that track, they will want to stay home and not go out to seek jobs in the middle of the pandemic. So President Trump also making very clear that he will veto any proposal that doesn't include a big payroll tax cut for small businesses. Andrea.
0: Edwin, I do have one question for you. And the president also announced he's resuming the daily coronavirus task force meetings tomorrow. What did he say about that? Some say that perhaps this may help his approval numbers, which are rather low.
3: Yes, Andrea, he did say that tomorrow by five o'clock, Eastern Time. He's willing to start these uh, briefings on coronavirus one more time. But we have to remember that he hasn't done that in over two weeks. The president not even participating in the daily briefings that have to do with coronavirus. Uh, Vice President Mike Pence is the one in charge. But now, according to his campaign, he's willing to do that because he knows that his ratings numbers keep going low and it's a big issue for his re-election campaign. Reporting live in Washington, D.C., Andrea, back to you.
0: Thank you, Edwin, for that information from Washington, D.C. And by next week, the end of additional federal assistance for those out of work due to the coronavirus crisis will bring about a new emergency for millions of residents. Rafael Rodriguez explains just what's at stake for so many.
7: Delina Sanders took a leap of faith. She quit her job picked up her life and moved to Atlanta in January. She wanted to make a difference.
8: The reason I became a doula is because I really wanted to make a difference in the black community as far as the birth disparities. Um, And I figured this would be a good area to do that. It's a celebration of pregnancy.
7: Her hopes of getting her business off the ground now gone. She's one of millions of people now without a job on unemployment.
8: COVID seems to be getting worse and not better. So at least here in the city of Atlanta, we're in the process, it seems like of going back to phase one. So I may not be able to go into the um, delivery rooms anytime soon.
7: And it's about to get worse. In just two weeks, the extra $600 a week in unemployment that's helped Americans like Sanders to pay bills, put food on the table and stay in their homes will expire
5: it's going to be total economic devastation. The unemployment insurance program is the lifeline for workers in this public health crisis.
7: This lifeline is disappearing just as some states roll back their reopenings, forcing many workers back on unemployment. Up to 23 million Americans could be evicted from their homes by the end of September.
8: When they take the $600 away, that would reduce me down to about $300 a week, which is for me, not really feasible as far as covering my bills.
7: Kara Steele has been waiting 17 weeks for unemployment. She's making some drastic decisions.
8: What is most important that day? Um, you know, are, you know, am I going to go out and buy something to eat? Or am I going to purchase a medication? Or am I going to you know, save my funds to go to a doctor or put gas in my car?
7: She's a bartender in New Jersey, where indoor bars and dining remains closed. The back pay she's owed from unemployment will go straight to her bills, which have been piling up for months.
8: When is everything going to reopen? Because if I'm getting the $120 a week without this extra $600, what happens if I'm not going back until October, November, December, or until there's a vaccine?
7: This unknown is leaving many Americans paralyzed. And with Congress unlikely to pass an extension of the extra unemployment benefits, by July 31st, Sanders faces a stark reality, giving up.
8: I would feel very set back. I mean, it took a lot of self-encouragement for me to even decide to leave my job and move to another city to kind of chase after a dream. So if it gets shut down, I kind of would feel like I did all of this for
0: nothing.
7: Rafael Rodriguez, U News.
0: And now to Portland, Oregon, where militarized units from Homeland Security and other federal agents have flooded the streets after weeks of protest. But local officials there are demanding they leave the city, saying the presence of these federal agencies only makes the situation worse. This weekend, protests in Portland, Oregon, some of them violent.
9: Our community has had enough. Our business owners have had enough. Uh, officers have had enough and Portland has had enough.
0: Authorities declaring a riot after police say the Portland Police Association's office was set on fire. Nearly two months of protests against racial inequality and police brutality have followed the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Now federal officials have moved in. Recent controversy in Portland has focused on the unidentified federal officers arresting protesters.
2: Four or five men in camo jump out um,
7: and just start rushing at all of us. It was absolutely terrifying
0: department of homeland security officers have been seen on camera making arrests and putting protesters into unmarked vehicles and customs and border protection has acknowledged its agents were also involved in arresting protesters oregon's attorney general is now suing a list of agencies claiming they're seizing people without probable cause in violation of their civil rights These federal agencies are operating with no transparency and against the will of just about every leader in our state. Portland's Mayor Ted Wheeler also upsets over the current situation, criticizing the Trump administration's decision to send the troops after weeks of unrest.
2: People are being literally scooped off the street into unmarked vans, denied due process. As far as I can see, this is completely unconstitutional.
0: An internal Homeland Security memo obtained by the New York Times says many on the ground are not even properly trained. Top Democrats in the House are calling for an immediate investigation of the Justice Department and Homeland Security Department questioning the use of force. Elsewhere around the country, in Kentucky, a lawsuit alleges Breonna Taylor survived several minutes after being shot. Taylor's mother is suing the three Louisville police officers connected to Taylor's death. Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, called 911 after the shooting and says he was shouting for help. He says the officers on the scene didn't rush in to give assistance. The coroner refutes that claim that Taylor could have survived several minutes after the shooting. She says given Taylor's injuries, medical care could not have saved her life either way. Presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden has built a commanding 15-point national lead over President Trump in his bid for the White House, according to a new Washington Post-ABC News poll. The survey released on Sunday found that 55 percent of registered voters say they would vote for the former vice president if the 2020 election were held today, while 40 percent say they would back Trump. In other news, out of Washington, the U.S. government says it plans to resume hearings for migrants waiting just over the Mexican border. The Trump administration's migrant protection protocols have led to people camping in unsafe conditions there. The Department of Homeland Security says the hearings will resume, but has not outlined a timetable. Officials noted that safety will be a priority in getting the proceedings started again. A gunman who allegedly dressed as a FedEx delivery driver and opened fire on the son and husband of a federal judge in their home in New Jersey is now dead, according to police. Judge Esther Salas lost her son in that attack and her husband is currently hospitalized. Judge Salas was not harmed. On Thursday, Salas was assigned to handle a class action lawsuit brought against Deutsche on behalf of investors who purchased securities from the bank. The complaint alleges that the bank failed to properly monitor customers that the bank itself deemed to be high risk, including, among others, the convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Federal court records show, though it's not clear, if there is a link between this case and the th- shooting. As states continue to wage their own battles against the coronavirus, one of the biggest issues they have in common is continued delays in test results. Fabiola Galindo has more on how that's starting to change in New York City.
10: People waiting for COVID-19 test results are experiencing long delays throughout the country, complicating the battle against the virus. Next. But at this rapid testing center that opened in the Bronx, results are ready in about 15
3: minutes. I have to
10: admit it, the process has been quick, he says. Jorge got tested, but due to high demand, he waited two hours. Still, it was worth it. I was negative. It's a big relief, and I have peace of mind now for my family. This is not his first test, but he never got the results for the first one. I got tested last week, but I didn't get the results, so I came here to get it done again. THE NEW YORK CITY HEALTH DEPARTMENT THAT RUNS THE PROGRAM IS AWARE OF THE DELAYS, BUT THEY ALSO ACKNOWLEDGE THAT THE EXPRESS TEST IS LESS ACCURATE. SO WHAT WE ARE DOING IS TESTING THEM TWICE, ONE IN 15 MINUTES AND THE OTHER ONE WE SENT TO THE LABORATORY TO GET RESULTS IN TWO DAYS. AS A BACKUP, IN ADDITION TO THE EXPRESS TEST, A LABORATORY TEST IS PERFORMED, ALL FOR FREE. That way, if someone tests positive, we immediately tell them here and we confirm it later, she adds, giving the patient the advantage of knowing they have to self-quarantine. More than 2,000 people got tested just here and it is expected that more rapid testing centers will open up next week throughout the city. This is a pilot program and its goal is to flood affected neighborhoods with a sufficient number of tests. Even if there are mistakes and delays, everyone could get tested at least once. In the Bronx, New York, Fabiola Galindo, U News.
0: More of U News after this short break. Welcome back to U News. Face masks have become mandatory in enclosed spaces in France as of this morning. The measure imposed by the French government aims to further contain the spread of coronavirus, making face masks compulsory in shops, banks and shopping centers. Enforcement is up to business owners and those running the establishments. However, police are still able to find people for not wearing masks when required. Brazil's health ministry reported more than 23,000 new coronavirus cases on Sunday, bringing the country's case total to more than 2,098,000. But that isn't stopping Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro from appearing in public. Bolsonaro, who tested positive for the second time last week, greeted supporters on Sunday to pray and sing the national anthem on the grounds of the presidential palace. Although wearing a mask, he was seen standing close to AIDS and repeatedly appeared to lower his mask while talking. His country remains the second worst hit in the world. After a month out of public view, Nicaraguan President Daniel Ortega reappeared on Sunday. His appearance took place at a televised event commemorating the 41st anniversary of the Sandinista revolution that overthrew the Somoza dictatorship. Ortega wore a mask at the start of the event and removed it later on to speak. He claimed that only 91 Nicaraguan lives have been lost due to COVID-19. However, independent figures from Nicaragua's COVID-19 Citizen Observatory suggest the death death toll has already surpassed 2000. And Cuba said it had recorded its first day of zero new coronavirus cases in 130 days on Sunday. This is according to Francisco Duran, head of epidemiology at the Ministry of Public Health. Only a handful of COVID-19 cases were reported in Cuba over the last week, all in Havana. Most of the Caribbean island has apparently been free of the disease for more than a month. And now to Mexico. The coronavirus pandemic is posing more than just health concerns, the outbreak causing economic anxiety among millions, among those a former Mexican president who has taken to social media to develop a new income stream. Here's Paulina Gomez with the story.
9: The financial recession as a result of the coronavirus pandemic appears to have left former Mexican President Vicente Fox struggling like many others. That's according to the former president himself. For $255, you can get a personalized message from the former president through Cameo, an app that bills itself as being for personal shout out videos from your favorite people.
6: Happy birthday to you.
9: And language is no barrier. In English or Spanish, he gives advice and sings.
6: Dear Patrick.
9: Former Mexican presidents lost the privilege of getting annual pensions for life, worth over $1 million a year, in 2018. Without this monthly $10,000 in income, now 77-year-old Fox claims he's forced to live hand-to-mouth. Nowadays I barely have enough to eat, I didn't steal a penny from anyone. Carlos Augusto Morales from the nonprofit Somos Más advocated for initiatives to end privileges enjoyed by those who rule Mexico, even collecting over 200,000 signatures from citizens.
3: Nos resulta un poco
9: On the recent launch of Vicente Fox as an influencer, we think it is questionable and mocking when the former president claims he uses those resources to make a living and for donations. There have been reports that in 2006, amid a scandal, he left office three times richer. During his administration, he was heavily questioned about acts of corruption, which started ongoing investigations. Fox didn't hesitate to defend himself from these accusations.
3: I built my patrimony with work, yes, with an inheritance from my father who gave me properties, his ranch.
9: Since he left the president's office, he presides over Centro Fox and has also tried to venture into the legal marijuana business. We reached out to Vicente Fox, but his press office told us that the former leader was not available for media interviews. Paulina gomez Bulchiner in Mexico City, New News.